This is Author Talk, presented by Author House, the leading provider of services to help authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Author Talk is a show about new books and the authors who wrote them. It's an opportunity for prospective readers to hear directly from the writers, to hear what inspired them to write and publish, and to hear all the inside details about their books. Here is Author Talk with host Steve Jorgensen. The title of the book, Chasing the Shark, A Journey from Fear to Freedom. And the author is Roseanne Massoni, and Roseanne joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Roseanne. Hello, Steve. How are you? Well, the big statement is that you are great because you overcame fears. We're going to have a step-by-step process. You're going to explain exactly how you did that. I've, before we get into the details, though, I would like to just read a few st- statements that you have written about your book, just so everyone understands in general. You say, Chasing the Shark, A Journey from Fear to Freedom, is a one-of-a-kind book that relates in a unique way the fear of risk and facing the unknown to limitations of life in general. You also say this, it takes readers on my personal journey of discovery and how by using scuba diving as a platform, I was able to add immeasurably to my enjoyment of life at all levels. And finally, how you can change your thoughts from no, I can't to yes, I can. And that changes life entirely, doesn't it? When you say yes, I can. Yes, it does. It actually sets things up for you for success. It's basically if you open yourself up and you allow yourself to believe that you can do something rather than having that initial reaction of fear and, oh, I can't do that, you will actually see things line up in your life that you never dreamed were possible for you before. But you grew up knowing that you couldn't uh, swim, and you just didn't want to put your head underwater. I mean, you knew that, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Actually, it wasn't until my 40s that uh, I was actually able to wash my hair in the shower when I took a shower. I couldn't get my head under the faucet to even wash my hair, and that's how afraid. I mean, I would go and, and go into the water and keep my head above water. I was okay. But once my head went anywhere underwater, I was in a panic state. And um, it even took, it even limited my daily life experiences by preventing, actually I prevented myself from even taking a complete shower, which included washing my hair. And you're a, a woman who grew up as an outdoors girl. I mean, this isn't something that you were, you know, petite and just wanted to hang out on concrete and in the city. I mean, you you have experienced a lot of things. Yes, that's true. Uh, I was fortunate enough, my family and I, we had a summer home in Peekskill, New York, which I recount in the book. And we were able to be part and one with nature um, on many, many adventures, but it just never really included my sticking my head under the water. I mean, I would swing from trees. I was an avid bike rider, a kite flyer. You know, as a kid, I did. I played baseball. I did all of those things. I was a tomboy, they used to say. They used to refer to us girls who were very athletic. I was your typical tomboy. But putting my head under the water was actually out of the question. You say this book was written for those, especially women, who have been trying to summon up the courage to undertake something considered risky and exciting despite their initial reaction of fear. So when did you make the decision that you were going to face this fear and conquer it? Did you have the confidence at that moment that you could conquer it? Well, the story as it unfolds in the book um, begins in a dramatic way as far as scuba diving is concerned, in 2001. And that's when I met my now husband, and uh, we made a, we kind of made a pact. You know, I wanted, we were introduced by a friend, and um, he seemed like a nice enough person, but when I found out he was a scuba diver, frankly, I said, I'm a skier, and I'm an avid skier, but I'm not sticking my head underwater, so, you know, why continue this relationship? But, What happened was we decided to form a pact. He would try skiing if I agreed to scuba diving. And, you know, 
a couple of glasses of wine later, I said, okay, I'll try it. And then later on, I lived to kind of regret that. I thought, oh, my God, I actually told him I was going to stick my head underwater. And um, I ran into um, an issue of integrity and conscience when I was going to then renege and say, um, I'm sorry, I was just kidding, you know. But I went ahead, and my story in the book recounts how I was able to conquer that fear, what steps I took, how I was able to rise above my initial fright of putting my head underwater. And uh, that story, you know, is traced throughout the book. You quote a gentleman named Bernard Edmonds, and he said this, to dream anything you want to dream, that is the beauty of the human mind, to do anything that you want to do, that is the strength of the human will, to trust yourself, to test your limits, that is the courage to succeed. And I guess that's become uh, one of your uh, mottos. It actually has. Um, you know, once we do have the courage to test our limits and we can break through these fears that we think are huge, um, we find out that they're really paper thin and that all you need is an impetus. You need a reason to go forward. And when you do that, when you take that step, you actually break out of the fear. The fear just disintegrates in front of you. And you get to the other side and you go, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I actually did that. And I did it and I survived. That's the big thing. I did it and I survived in, in, with re respect to the scuba diving. That's basically how I felt. Well, not only did you put your head underneath the water, you also, uh, as we see in your book, we see photographs. And one of the photographs is a shark. So you were pretty close to sharks. Absolutely. I um, started my, my diving career in 2002. And uh, the first dive that I took that involved sharks in any way was in 2003 down off Grand Bahama at a dive uh, area called Unexo. And it's known for um, shark, Caribbean reef sharks that swim in the area. And we, after long talks with my husband, you know, we decided to go down and try swimming in this arena. And I was quite skeptical and a little and fearful, actually, to try this. But um, I, the minute I got in the water and the minute I saw the sharks, my reaction changed because I saw their majesty, their beauty, they're, uh, they're just incredible creatures, and I have a deep respect for sharks. And the fact that I'm a bit of a shutterbug and I love to take photos, I brought an underwater camera with me and started taking pictures. And uh, the pictures that some of them that I took are actually in the book, and the cover is a picture that I personally took. Well, not only did you swim with the sharks, you also fed them. No, I actually, no, no, I took part, and that's a misunderstanding for oh, which I okay. apologize if I didn't. I took part in the feeding experience where we observe a feeder, oh. and I detail that in the book, how a feeder comes down in chain mail with a cylinder full of frozen fish, and we divers are lined up on the ocean floor. Every care is given to safety and um, comfortable um, swimming conditions for the divers and, and uh the animals around us. So you witnessed and, the frenzy. Yeah. Yes. That yes. must have been an overwhelming ex a visual experience and also emotional, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely tremendous. The sharks were close enough to occasionally bump into us as they were going for the food. Oh, my they goodness. They were more like, they were like puppy dogs going into a bag of dog food. Hmm. And at, at no time... Pardon me. At no time were any of these sharks aggressive at all toward us, toward the feeder. All they wanted was to have some of the frozen fish. Well, I don't know if I could look at a shark and consider the shark a puppy dog, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's another quote uh, in your book from Marie Curie. She said, nothing in life is to be feared it is only to be understood. Yes, and I believe that. And sharks are number one with this, I believe, because they are very much feared all over the world. People um, look at them as menacing, horrible creatures that the minute you see one, you're out to destroy it. And it is just that you don't understand. First of all, they're very important to the food chain, to the ecology. Uh, they help manage the planet. 
you know, they're part of this world, and they are respectful creatures. As long you know, you don't provoke them. Um, you know, it's important to be respectful of them in return. And once you understand that, it takes away, eliminates some of your fear. It doesn't make you stupid about it, but it takes away your fear, understanding that they are part of this world just as we are. And I like this quote, too, from Les Brown. He said, too many of us are not living our dreams because we are living our fears. That's right. That's what I did for the first uh, four decades or so of my life. You know, my fear of water, I thought, was keeping me from drowning. But what it was keeping me from doing was living my life to the fullest and seeing a world that was out there that I never dreamed existed. Now Along you, with being able to take a shower and wash my hair in the shower. <laughs> Something that a lot of people just take for granted. Uh, here, you know, a woman now who has swum with the sharks has finally conquered the fear of washing her hair in the shower, which is kind of hard to understand in some ways. But kind of funny. It is, but it's real. it was real to you. Yes, it was. Now, tell us about being a, what is the term, a... Paddy Rescue Diver, P-A-D-I, you are a certified Paddy Rescue Diver. Now, this must have taken a, a lot of work. Yes, it actually, Paddy is uh, an acronym for the Professional Association of Dive Instructors, and it's an association, um, it's a certifying association for divers. People that want to become certified divers can go through the PADI organization methodology of becoming and progressing in their dive career to different levels. You start as a certified open water diver, then you can take classes and become an advanced diver, which allows you more flexibility, allows you to become um, a night diver and, you know, just more comfortable in the water. And then the next step that I took was the rescue diver class, and that certification, um, what they put you through basically, and I outline this all in my book, gives you a much more confident feel in the water because you are then capable of, if need be, helping someone else. Instead of becoming a hindrance, you are capable of helping someone else. And that's the wonderful part about being a rescue diver. The second part of your book is really focused step-by-step of how we can conquer fears? Yes. It basically, um, the reason I decided to write this book was I came in contact with people, and when I relayed my story to them, related my story to them, they asked me, well, how did you do it? I just didn't know how in the world did you make this jump? you should write a book, I kept hearing. And I decided, you know what, there are so many things that have happened to me in my life, along with this fear of water and some other life-changing and life-altering experiences that I had, that um, I decided that was a good idea. So I decided to write this book. So the second part of the book focuses basically on how I I went about conquering my fear and changing my mindset to understanding that I can do things if I put my mind to them, as simple as it is, as simple as that statement is. When you put your mind to something and you believe that you can do it, you actually put in motion ways in which to accomplish your goal. The title of the book, Chasing the Shark, A Journey from Fear to Freedom. Roseanne writes, it's for those who want to show themselves that they can meet any challenge and win, and by doing so, develop a deeper understanding of themselves and what they can accomplish. Roseanne, please tell us how to get your book. Oh, absolutely. My book is available on my own website, which is www.giantstridescoaching.com, and it is also available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Give us a closing thought. Okay. Actually, the best closing thought that I can think of, which has to do with tying up the whole book, is one from Henry Ford when he said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, either way, you are right. That really does sum it up. We're always right. It all depends on how we're thinking. We're going to do, as someone said, thoughts precede actions, right? Absolutely. 
Well, thank you, Roseanne. Thank you so much for being on Author Talk. Thank you, sir. That that was Roseanne Massoni. She is the author of her book, Chasing the Shark, A Journey from Fear to Freedom. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Hey, you living the dream like Nina and Cindy? Sweet dreams are made of the Were you shocked by the Chuck E. Cheese calamities, diaper dilemmas, and major mom minivan mishaps? Then get ready to share it with Living the Dream Moms with Nina Fry and Cindy Schmitzer, Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. And as Nina and Cindy say, if you're thinking it, we're saying it. It's your chance to discuss, share, and learn from two moms who have been there, done that, and got the t-shirts. Check out their website, ltdchix.com. Living the Dream Moms is all about all things moms have to deal with daily. Nina and Cindy are two ordinary frazzled moms who admit when they need help and do their best to research and discuss topics that are not always talked about. Living the Dream Moms are just two real women who are discussing the trials and tribulations and triumphs of everyday mom lives. You are not alone. It's Living the Dream Moms with Nina Fry and Cindy Schmitzer. Thursday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. What's your story? Are you living it? Well, you could be. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Her passion is helping others discover, create, and live their personal brands. Yep, you heard me. You have a brand. No different than Coke, Pepsi, or Nike. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing brand. You're not a logo. You're not a tagline. The choices you make become the path you take. This is your brand. Now, live your story. Your brand is not just what you say it is. It's also what others say it is. So what are you communicating? And how can you create an authentic brand? We'll take on these challenges with What's Your Story? Every week, Hillary will feature teens, moms, and organizations that are learning and living their story. Now, her passion is to help others discover, create, and live their personal brands. To find out more, go to inspiredbyfamily.com. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. The title of the book, Pranayama, Converting Stress and Anxiety into Inner Joy. The Illustrated Guide to Mind-Body Response. And the author is Ravinder Jareth. And Dr. Jareth joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, doctor. How are you? Very Hello. good. Trying not to be too stressful here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's yeah. fascinating to me when you say you can convert stress and anxiety into inner joy. And you have an interesting probably to many people sounds just too simplistic and yet it works we're talking about how we breathe aren't we yes and how breathing can really reduce if we breathe in a very precise way can help us reduce stress and insomnia anxiety depression lack of concentration tell us how this works we have to first uh understand that uh, this can be achieved if you do only about 20 minutes of breathing exercise in the morning. Um, Most people who have done meditation uh, know that this is how they do in the morning, but with pranayam, you can turbocharge your meditation relaxation response. Simply put, in the morning, you have to sit straight um, and close your eyes away from any sounds, lights, or talk, and concentrate on your breathing and relaxing yourself. The simple phenomena of breathing deep does to you is an amazing amount of change that it brings into your body. It uh, coordinates um, the breathing with your heart and your heart with your brain and back from your brain to your heart. This response is very fast, very quick, and within seconds to minutes, it starts to form a yoga between the heart and the brain and your breathing. 
this uh, if continued over a period of time, about 20 minutes, it will bring enormous change in the way the energy flows in your system. A lot of studies have been done where just breathing about six times a minute in humans will slow their heart rate down, their blood pressure down, and cause um, changes in their brain waves that amount to a relaxation response. Now, you use the phrase energy flows. Uh, Elaborate on that, energy flows. Yes. What uh, is happening in a live human individual who has breathing, has a heartbeat and brain waves, is a flow of energy from the brain to the body. And that is uh, caused by a breathing movement, by heart uh, beating, and by the already happening brain waves in the, in the, in the brain. These um, energy waves are electrical waves that are in existence in in anyone who who is breathing and and uh, is living uh, what we do is uh, we do not understand this mind and body response and therefore we are not utilizing its enormous power um, when we take a deep breath um, it produces uh, currents, electrical currents. The cells from the lungs produce these currents and they go straight to the heart and then also they go to the brain. And when they do that, um, it creates a circuit between the heart, lung and brain, which ultimately also goes to every cell in the body. And when we do it slowly and deeply, the currents are much stronger. And this association uh, between the lungs, heart, and the brain becomes stronger when these currents are strong. And on this subject, I wrote an article three years ago, which was published in a peer-reviewed journal called Mechanism of Mind body response through pranayama and in this article I brought in 60 articles that proved flow of this energy that is at the basic mechanism between the two parts of your bodies that is the brain and body and simply put if we use this power of energy production by your lungs when it's done slowly and deeply, about six breaths a minute or, or lower than that, it coordinates the energy flow in a direction that is positive. And it becomes stronger if you do it uh, repetitively, about 100 breaths or more in one sitting. So 100 breaths in about 20 minutes. Yes. And this is power you're talking about to treat anxiety, insomnia, addiction, depression. Uh, That's obviously uh, something that everybody wants to reduce or get rid of, this this, uh, stress of life. And we often overlook the simplicity of the way the body works, don't we? Yes, we we do. We don't uh, utilize that as... um, We don't understand the basic mechanism and we don't, therefore, concentrate on what it can do and, uh, and, uh, you you know, we take a life in a stride uh, without using this uh, energy and potential that we all have. And you've been practicing medicine for, uh, what, since 1981? You've been delivering babies. You're now a practicing gynecologist. Uh, Did you, have you just seen this need in your patients and just started encouraging people to do this? Absolutely. Um, I am a physician who I I deal on a daily basis with women 
who have such um, issues as uh, anxiety or insomnia and uh, uh, depression. Um, and I have treated many of them over the last several years. Um, these examples are about 10 of them are in the book, which uh, uh, illustrate uh, various aspects of a, of a patient's uh, history and their response to the treatment I've I, I, uh, recommended to them. And uh, I see very often uh, patients who come in because um, of uh, issues in the family for financial issues or issues of uh, separation, divorce, being a single mother. And almost always I've noticed that they are stressed and would like to have antidepressant medications, uh, tranquilizers, sleeping pills. And uh, I found that that was not the uh, right way to treat them because they are dependent on those medications, they can get addicted to them, and it really does not go to the heart of the problem. And I've had fairly good success by recommending um, breathing exercises, pranayam, um, and also physical exercises to them. And I find that this is workable, simple, yet very effective treatment. Well, that's very exciting to hear the success. You talk about the connection between the mind-body and the emotional self, the origin of emotions. Now, that sounds rather complex, but at the same time, it's a real connection. And what you're doing, it sounds like, is you're taking the physical into that emotional realm and you're using the physical in a very simple way. And it certainly has the, uh, the effect that, that everybody wants. Very true. Um, the, the essential components are that uh, when we do sit down, we do pranayam, that is slow, deep breathing, we also must pray. Uh, it does not have to be a same uh, higher power. It could be any higher power that a person believes in. So it does not have the religious component uh, that is same for everyone. It could be any belief they have. But having a a thought process where we imagine this universe created by a superhuman force that we bring to our mind and then we have a heartfelt gratefulness for this creation and what we have while we are taking deep breaths slowly is the most essential component of pranayam and it has profound effect once we bring that heartfelt thinking process in us and we take deep breath, that it leads us to a, almost a whole day of relaxation response. A response where we go through the day without undue stress. And if we do find stress, we deal with it with a positive outlook, with a, an outlook that gives us... Um, Courage gives us strength and with joyful feelings. And our response to them is positive. Our colleagues, our patients, our clients, family, everyone appreciates the new you get from, from this process of pranayama. So this is the kind of experience that takes practice. We need to learn from doing. Absolutely. And for those who are skeptical about this practice, uh, they should read three of the articles that I have listed in this book, which uh, pertain to how deep breathing is associated with a immediate slowness in heart rate, a drop in blood pressure. And uh, numerous studies have shown that this um, mind-body response that uh, is unleashed by deep breathing um, will will create a calm mind, uh, will create uh, a physiology within the body where 
um, you get a a relaxation response. So practice is important, but they might see some effects happen faster than even a few days. Well, it's clear to you as you write that the brain needed lungs to correct our abnormal state of mind. We often, of course, it's real simple that we know we need our lungs to breathe just to be alive, but you take it to the next level that it literally the brain needed lungs to correct our abnormal state of mind. Absolutely. It's like a flywheel. Um, we don't realize um, unless we look at the gears that is number one, two, three, four, five, six, or the, the five, number six gear or in the car. But once you put it in, you cruise uh, on, a, on, a, on a level of uh, auto uh, speed that uh, we don't think anymore about. In the same way, when in the morning we start this process of pranayam, um, this leads us to a, the best gear of uh, breathing movement that we have. And it continues. We don't even have to think about it the rest of the day. If we start um, by 15 to 20 minutes of breathing, uh, exercise, um, and uh, a meditation process in the morning. You have a website where we can learn more. Tell us where that is. It's uh, www.com mindbodyresponse.com this website uh, has uh, unique contents of uh, a video presentation of this process Uh, there are five videos Uh, one of the videos shows uh, how we have stress it shows where uh, the brain in the occipital region uh, shows stress it goes into the limbic system and from brain to the heart lungs the colors flow with the with a 3d demonstration and one can understand that the stress is a abnormal heart lung and, and brain response that we don't really realize when we are going through it that it has already started to cause a abnormal energy flow now, all it needs is correction of the way that we breathe, the way we imagine. And together, um, I have shown a video on this website where we can see how the mind becomes clear, how the yoga exercises from breathing leads us to a calm and quiet mind. Um, so there are two videos on that aspect. Okay. And then there are other videos that show the step-by-step uh, response of different areas of the brain along with that of the heart and lungs, how energy flows, changes uh, the way we have our physiology. Um, it's a synopsis or a summary of a complex process into visual 3D animation that I believe uh, should help anyone understand the nuts and bolts of what stress is and what what the pranayama is. Well, Doctor, we appreciate you being on Author Talk. Of course, our listeners can get your book through authorhouse.com. I'm sure they can order the book right there at your website. Yes, uh, they can, and uh, also there's a link uh, from my website where they can send me questions uh, if they have any, uh, and I can uh, address them specific questions. Uh, I will also love to hear their comments, uh, because in this writing of first book, I have tried to write it um, to the best of my ability, yet uh, I like to see my readers uh, feedback to me as to what improvement they would like to see and what questions they have that I could address that I have not. So it gives me a platform to to continue to improve what I'm writing and talking about. Well, the website again is mindbodyresponse.com. Dr. Jarrett, thank you for being on Author Talk. Thank you for 
inviting me and asking me to interview on this subject. That was Dr. Ravinder Jareth. He is the author of his book, Pranayama, Converting Stress and Anxiety into Inner Joy, The Illustrated Guide to Mind-Body Response. Dr. Jareth is also donating any profits from the sale of his book to a nonprofit foundation in his father's name for people who don't have medical insurance. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. People think I've made it. I'm popular. I seem happy all the time. I have great clothes and I'm involved in everything. But I have questions, doubts, and fears, just like every other teenager. That's why I'm glad for Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices. Join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. The choices we have to make that can alter the course of our lives. Life is too much pressure if we try to go it alone. I tune in to Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell every week to get reminded that I'm not alone. Nicole O'Dell is an expert on what happens in the lives of teenagers. Join her as she deals with topics like peer pressure, purity, drugs, alcohol, and many other things that might come up along the way. She writes books and speaks to people all over the place, but she says her favorite moments are when she can pull up a chair and chat with teens about what's important to us. For more information on Nicole and her books, go to NicoleO'Dell.com. Then join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com. Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices. The American Rock and Roll Countdown with Alex Price. So where were you in the 1970s? Well, this Saturday morning, we're going to flash back to the 70s as we count down the classic hits with the American Rock and Roll Countdown. You'll hear news and information and stories about the artist and what was going on during the specific week that we highlight. So be sure to join us at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this Saturday on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. The title of the book, Enlightenment, is Letting Go, Healing from Trauma, Addiction, and Multiple Loss. And the author is Teresa Nasiba Marsh. And Teresa joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Teresa. Oh, hello, Steve. Good to have you with us. I'm going to read a few things that you have written about your book. You say, this book will appeal to any person who has suffered trauma, addiction, and multiple loss. Also, to anyone who is seeking to heal from these kinds of conditions. This book will also appeal to healthcare professionals, students, and the general public. You also say, life is difficult. Life can present us with deep challenges such as hurt, pain, loss, and suffering. But we can heal when we find the courage and strength and love that resides in all of us. Anything that is loved can be healed. So a message of hope, even when there's so much pain. Well, tell us a little bit about your background to begin with uh, and why you wrote the book, Teresa. It was, um, I guess, the night of 9-11 really shook us all. At that time, I was working as a manager of a substance abuse program for African, Canadian, and Caribbean youth, um, Sakasi in um, Toronto. Um, and I also had a small private practice called Tunziung Pefumlo, where I mainly worked with clients that have uh, suffered trauma and also um, healing from addictions. And uh, that night when I came home, my youngest daughter was at home and I found her glued to the TV. And uh, she shouted, have you seen, have you seen? And I looked into her eyes. I saw the same eyes I saw when I was in Cape Town, South Africa, during the riots, the terror and the fear. And I realized that she was traumatized because those images were played over all day long. And um, I had to take her aside and I talked to her and turned the TV off. But during the course of the day, too, I had so many calls with young people just having meltdowns, watching um, the horrific events um, replayed on television. And I realized, yes, indeed, we can get traumatized um, by seeing it, but also in seeing it in that way. 
And so um, when everything was quiet that night, it was very late. You know, I just went into my quiet space and my healing space, and I prayed, and then the gift came from my ancestors and the inspiration. And um, I decided to write this book, to write this book as a gift to the world and to my clients, um, to help people and show people that, yes, indeed, we can heal. And the very next day, after I saw a client in my office who was also going through a difficult time, and we were doing deep trauma work, and uh, she was having a meltdown because of what happened um, the day before. And uh, when she left my office, I sat down, and as I um, was writing notes about her, I started writing a poem about what just happened, about her hurt and about her pain. And then I was continued to be inspired. It just um, poured from my heart and from my soul. I just kept on writing. And I started writing a second poem. And the second poem was me, my voice, um, supporting her and holding her. Um, And I knew exactly when I was done. And when that same kind came the next week, I, uh, I read the poem both poems to her, and uh, something profoundly happened, something profoundly shifted. Um, There was healing. She realized that, as she said, you get it. You know what I'm feeling inside. And uh, I realized that this was another way of helping people heal, not just through their storytelling, but also um, through the spoken word, through poetry and through sharing that with them. Well, you say that the entire universe is, you know, all the people are facing darkness greater than ever in the making of history. And every day as a nation, we are traumatized. And there has to be healing, or I guess it could be damaging for life, right? No, absolutely. And uh, as I said, you know, when I, um, when I heard that morning, I, I was in a meeting about the um, the twin towers and 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 what really um, happened there, I realized as a as a traumatologist and 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 as a healer, I realized that um, uh, firstly somebody, any human being, that would have that kind of courage to go in there to sacrifice their life, and not just sacrifice their life in the way they did it. And, um, you know, uh, kill so, so many, many people. Um, There must be a very, very, very deep and dark trauma there to be able to do that. And um, I realize that uh, as long as we are traumatized and as long as uh, as we uh, have the inability to, to let go of this trauma, we will hurt ourselves and we will hurt others, and we will hurt others at the level of hurt that happened that particular day. Well, you say that you've seen it all. You lived, you were born, I guess, and raised in Cape Town, South Africa. You, were, you call yourself being born into violence, and you've seen police open fire on children in South Africa. And How were you healed? How did this all come about that gave you the healing and the strength? Um, if I if I go back um, earlier on um, to my childhood, I know that I was always very much connected um, to nature. Uh, when I felt scared, when I felt uh, fearful, I, I used to go and find a place, maybe at the back of the house, you know, in the garden. Um, I would um, look at the plants, I would look at the soil, and sometimes I would even take my fingers and just put it into the earth, into Mother Earth. And I think at a very young age, I realized that we are connected to nature and that nature is a huge um, healing balm. Um, But um, in 1992, I decided to leave South Africa as a single mom with my three um, teenage children. And I left because of the violence and um, came to Canada because I really wanted to heal. 
and uh, realized that it would take a very, very, very long time for um, the atrocities and the, and the pain and the hurt and the losses that happened in South Africa. Um, it will take a long time for that really um, to, to, um, to heal. And um, when I came to Canada, I met uh, my, my healer, a psychiatrist, Dr. Hannah Walensky, and I started my healing journey in her office. And if I want to describe my healing journey, my healing journey was about the telling of my story or the telling of my stories around what I've seen as a child, how I grew up, how I grew up in an apartheid regime, what that meant to me and how it affected me as a young child and how it affected me to see how people were treated. We were, we were thrown off beaches and we were told by police that that's a white beach and you are black. I have seen older women wanting to go to a, to a, a washroom where there's whites only on there and they couldn't go in there. And uh, when I say I have seen it all, that is what I am uh, really talking about. And uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a nurse. Uh, I did my training at Hudeskia Hospital. I have seen white wards and black wards and I've seen white nurses and black nurses, and I had seen the difference in how white patients were treated and how black patients were treated. But in the midst of it all, as, as time evolved and as things changed, I also saw those changes. I was also one of the nurses who began to, to take away that and to begin to integrate people as one. So, um, so when I say I've seen it all, I've seen... Uh, the police opened fire in 1976 riots um, um, when they told the media they were re, uh, using um, rubber bullets. They were actually using um, real bullets. I was a nurse at that time working in a surgical unit, and I saw those kids coming in. I saw the holes that, blew, um, that were blown into their bodies. And um, I have seen an ambulance door being opened up and uh, uh, young kids being certified DOA dead on delivery. That's when I mean when I've seen it all, I have seen it all. But the hope is, and really the bottom line here is that people can heal. It takes, as you put it, hard work and you have to commit to the process. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as I said, when I started my healing journey, uh, Steve, I had no idea that a human being can repress so many hurtful and painful things because once you start the telling of your story, you begin, you begin the healing process there because, one, you are not alone. Most of the time when people are traumatized, whether they are sexually abused or whether it's molestation and that, most of the time these things are done with you, maybe without a witness. It just happened to you, and there's changes that take place in the brain and also in the body and the mind and the spirit. And so when you start your healing journey, you have somebody there who is listening, who is gentle and kind, and who can hear you and who can support you and who can tell you, I understand it really happened to you. Because often when we, we, when we, um, we are abused, uh, we... Uh, uh, sometimes say, no, it didn't really happen to me or it wasn't really that bad, but we carry that pain and we carry that hurt within us. And how do we know as clinicians and, and as trauma therapists that somebody has been traumatized is we see how um, they treat themselves, they hurt themselves, they reenact the trauma. And so if you have that place, safe place where you can um, tell your story and as you begin to tell your story and it unfolds, you begin to see that it's, it is the hurt and it is the pain, but that you yourself is still there and you yourself, you are still whole. And as you release the pain and as you release um, the wounds and if you release the past memories and you let it go, those wounds begin to heal and you begin to feel better and you begin to take better care of yourself, and you begin, yeah, and you begin to love yourself, and you begin to realize you are not your wounds, but you are 
a very, very special person, a very, very special um, human being. Teresa, we've got a couple minutes left. Your book is also filled with examples of real people dealing with real trauma and creating real healing. Yes, um, I, I, de- I decided to, um, to, u- to, u- to utilize real stories and, 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 real, and real people. And I tell this story, whether it is through poetry, whether it is through the storytelling I take the readers through different parts and usually starting off when they came to see me for the first time and what that first session looked like and then take them to different sessions and also show them different ways of, of, of healing, for example, through meditation, um, through yoga, um, through storytelling, um, through being there, through being with. And one of the most profound things is teaching people to watch their mind in action, listen to all the chitter-chatter, the negativity, and the stuff that the wounds and past traumas still tell us about ourselves, how to shift that, how to change that, and, um, and, and also how to take um, care of themselves in the, in the process. What we're talking about here, everyone, is that Teresa has created, as she puts it, new patterns of healing and transformation. Well, Teresa, this book is filled with hope, but it also is very specific in that this trauma and addictions and the sufferings is all real, but at the same time, people can overcome that trauma and addiction, and the suffering, and they can literally change their lives. So we really appreciate you being on Author Talk and sharing this with us. Tell us how to get your book. Um, well, you can uh, go directly online. You can order it directly. Um, um, if you go onto uh, my website, um, com, you can go to Author House. You can order it through... Um, through chapters, through Indigo, through um, uh, um, Amazon, um, Barnes and Nobles, um, um, any any way way online, I think you can you can order the book. Thank you, Teresa. Thanks for being on Author Talk. Thank you, thank you, Steve. That was Teresa Nasaba Marsh. She is the author of her book, Enlightenment is Letting Go. Healing from trauma, addiction, and multiple loss.